Memphis police. All right. Welcome to the Rowdy Maglite Show. Just a few minutes late here, guys. Uh, what a weekend. What a week. What a, what a season. Coming down to the very, very end to the banquet. Uh, four days there. Weather was pretty nice. All but uh, Thursday night, maybe towards the end of the banquet, it started raining a little bit. Let's go to uh to the TV deal guys and uh we'll we'll roll from there. All right. If that music doesn't get you ready, I don't know what will. Good afternoon everybody. I'm Eric Ryan with NASCAR Communications. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today in Nashville for this special event ahead of the bulk of the championship week activities that we have. Welcome to the media, the many special guests in attendance, and all the fans watching on NASCAR.com and those listening on SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. This is a monumental day for NASCAR, the NASCAR industry, and most importantly, our loyal and passionate NASCAR fans, the very best in sports. We are absolutely thrilled to be able to officially announce our new media partners, a group of best-in-class content distribution leaders, which will lead to increased visibility, growth, and investment in our sport for many years to come. But before we make the announcement and meet the folks who have joined me here on stage today, let's roll a short video. Okay, so as you can see, awesome things are in store for our great sport. And working alongside tremendous new media partners like the ones here today, we'll, uh, we'll have a wonderful announcement shortly. Uh, so to my immediate left here is Mr. Brian Herbst, NASCAR Senior Vice President of Media and Productions. Then we have uh, Steve Phelps, President of NASCAR. And then next to him, we have Eric Shanks, Chief, Exec Chief Executive Officer and Executive Producer of Fox Sports. We have Jay Marine, Prime Video Vice President and Global Head of Sports. And Luis Silberwasser, Chairman and CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery Sports. And then lastly, Rick Cordella, president of NBC Sports. Uh, and of course, I want to recognize some special guests we have in the crowd, including Mike Beard, president and COO of the CW, our new partner for the Xfinity Series in 2025, who is here for today's announcement. Thank you for being with us, Mike. And we are also joined by our three National Series champions, Mr. Ryan Blaney, Cole Custer, and Ben Rhodes. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us today, and congratulations. So with that... Steve, let's jump straight into it, and I'll give you the honor of officially announcing these partnerships. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Um, welcome, everyone. It's a pleasure to have you all here. Um, a shout-out for our, our two existing partners who have been fantastic, uh, Eric Shanks and his team and Rick Cordella and his team, um, world-class media companies that have really presented our sport in such a great way uh, to our race fans. Um, and I'd like to welcome 
um, Jay Marine from Amazon and Louise Silberwasser from WBD. Um, we are super excited about what 2025 is going to bring to us um, because of where the distribution that we now have across here, which is a, a uh, combination of obviously broadcast, cable, and streaming. We want to meet race fans where they are uh, or potential race fans where they are. We think this group does exactly that for us. So we couldn't be happier uh, to have them on board. The other thing I want to talk about very quickly is what our industry, the NASCAR industry, has done to come together. Whether you're talking about drivers, uh, racetracks, um, our race teams, our industry comes together better than any other sports property when there's a mountain to climb. And that's what happened in 2020. That's what happened, honestly, just for the sport overall. And you look at the growth of where the sport is, and I think it's a testament to the success of the sport to have these world-class media companies all want to be part of our sport, plus, plus the CW. So um, thrilled to have these guys come. Um, L.A., Seattle, New York, New York, um, all coming here to, to say um, welcome and excited to be part of our future in 2025. Yeah, thank you for that, Steve. Uh, and I want to ask you one more question because you've said this quite a bit, but we've talked about the optimization of media rights. Uh, could you talk a bit about how these partners fit that vision of optimization and what that is? Sure. Well, he didn't ask that question before, so we'll just riff on this. Um, I think it's exactly right. So when we were set out to do the deals, the deals really were a combination of optimizing from a distribution standpoint where NASCAR was going to be, and obviously there's a financial component as well. Um, and we were thrilled with where we netted out on, on the distribution, and I think that optimization is going to be big, big for the growth of the sport that we're going to experience in 25 and beyond. Okay. And Mr. Hertz, the fan is at the center of all of this. So can you tell us a little bit about what the fans can expect beginning in 2025? Yeah, I, I think what we've seen over the last five years with the industry working together is you've seen schedule innovation, you've seen on-track product innovation, but we wanted to continue to push the envelope from a distribution perspective as, as well. So Steve spoke about the mix of broadcast, cable, direct-to-consumer, and streaming. We wanted to make sure that all the innovation that we were doing from a sport perspective, that we were getting in front of new demos and that we were setting ourselves up um, well for, for the future. So with Fox starting off the season with the clash and the Daytona 500, moving into a streaming opportunity with Amazon and, and Jay's team that we're super excited about, uh, a lot of innovation in that summer uh, series over the last uh, two to three years, as you guys have seen, after Amazon um, moves off, then we go to Warner Brothers Discovery and Luis's team with, with TNT um, and Max, and then finally closing out the season with, with Rick and the NBC Sports Group. Um, we have special partnerships and special relationships with our incumbents at, at Fox and NBC. Um, Steve spoke about how they were there for us through 2020. We think we were there for the networks as well. Um, but we're really welcome um, kind of the new partnerships with, with Amazon, with the CW, um, and with, uh, with Warner Brothers Discovery. Um, look forward to kind of what this means from a fan perspective, potential alternate broadcasts, potential opportunity to get in front of, of younger fans as well. Um, so super excited about the growth potential behind this, this new strategy. Excellent. Thank you. And so, Eric, Fox Sports and NASCAR have been partners since 2001, which means that when this new deal starts, we'll be celebrating 25 years together. Can you talk a bit about why this is such a great fit and what you envision for the next seven years of this relationship? 
Sure. Um, first, I'd like to say thank you to Jim and Ben and Lisa and Mike and Steve and Brian and Steve um, for just being, you know, uh, longtime friends and great partners. And we can't wait to start this next new chapter uh, and have great times uh, at any track that we go to with you guys, uh, especially Talladega. Um, the uh, um, look, we uh, will cross three decades uh, when this uh, program, new chapter, starts. And you know, nothing makes us more proud than being the one that gets to kick off the season with the Great American Race, the Daytona 500. Um, everybody in this room has been to it. Um, and everybody knows how special it is and unique it is to start off a sport with its biggest event. And we want to keep pushing and we want to keep making it bigger and better. Um, and it really is one of the crown jewels at Fox Sports. So we're looking forward to that. Um, and we know that NASCAR is investing a lot to make it even bigger and better as well. And I'm actually excited to work with uh, all three partners here. It, you know, this sport is really unique in that, you know, we're not going at the same time, we're handing off, we're kind of drafting, right? Like off of each other and pushing each other. And I think we each bring something unique to, to it, whether you've been doing it for a long time or whether you're new and gonna bring something new that we can all steal. Um, uh, and we're gonna be collaborating and pushing and, and helping promote to make this sport uh, successful for all of us. So that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, thank you. And so, Jay, Prime Video has quickly become a destination for direct-to-consumer live sports, most notably the NFL and Thursday Night Football, as well as your recent Black Friday football. Uh, what does NASCAR bring to the table in terms of live sports in your programming mix? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, first of all, Eric was not joking about stealing, <laughs> for anyone who knows Eric. Um, <laughs> see the laughs? Did you see that? That's truth. That's like truth coming through. Um, so uh, I do want to echo um, what Eric said, though, and really thank the whole NASCAR team. Um, it's been um, fantastic to get to this point. Um, and as Jim just said earlier, um, it's really the starting line, again, and, and I can't wait for 2025 to get here. Um, in terms of, you know, why NASCAR for Amazon, um, what we really look for are premium Tier 1 sports that can move the needle for Prime. Um, and NASCAR fits that. Sport that has passionate fan base, a large fan base, where the sport is must-see for them. That is extremely valuable. And ultimately, what we're trying to do is make the Prime membership program more valuable for our Prime members. That's what we try to do in every decision we make. Um, so NASCAR fits perfectly that. Um, and then, you know, we really want to go innovate. You know, we look at this as a seven-year-plus partnership. I'm already talk about the renewal later. But, um, you know, but that's how we want to invest so that we can innovate for the long term. And we're excited to do that. We're excited to reach a younger audience um, who may have cut the cord and not, not watching as much, which we've been able to do with Thursday Night Football as an example. So we're excited to be part of it and excited to work across this partnership group as well. Yeah, thank you for that. And I like that we're already talking renewals here. Uh, so, Luis, at WBD Sports, you continue to expand your live sports portfolio, which is accessible via Max. I'm a subscriber, uh, as well as across cable platforms such as TNT and True TV. What is it about NASCAR that made sense as a pillar in your sports programming? 
Yes, thank you. Um, I think we, we, we looked sort of at three big things, I would say. One was sort of the value of the audience, the very passionate audience that NASCAR has, uh, the large audiences that it brings. Um, and I think to, to Jay's point, sort of stealing a little bit of what you said, is um, the idea that we're in the tier one sports business. If you look at what we do, we don't have a 24-hour sports channel. We really concentrate on, on a few and big things, and NASCAR fits right in because of the audience, because of the sport. Uh, it's a high-stakes sport. When you watch it, it's a great viewing experience. Um, and I think that's, those are the kinds of sports that we want to get behind. The second one was that what could we bring to the table, right? And when you have a portfolio that has TNT, one of the best cable channels, um, you know, we have True TV up and coming as a, as a channel that is going to have more and more sports. Uh, we just recently put all of our sports on Max, and now it's becoming one of those primary streaming platforms for sports. We have Bleacher Report and House of Highlights, which is going to play a big role in bringing younger viewers to, to the NASCAR family. So from a portfolio perspective, it fits right in with what we want to do. And I think the third thing is the partnership. You know, and, and I, I thank the, the France family for trusting us. Um, it is a big part. We were, we were rights holders until 2014, I believe. So we know what the combination and the partnership can do together. Um, we're already imagining sort of new ideas and what we can do differently. And I think that partnership for us was very important. We, we, we look at this as a very long-term partnership. Um, and I know that our sort of world, sort of best class production team working hand in hand with NASCAR can bring great things to the table. Uh, and then when you put all of our assets together, I think it's, it's, it's part of the, the, the formula here to try to make the sport bigger and better, and not only for NASCAR and for the fans, but also for, for us as well. So very excited about it. All right. Thank you. And last but not least, Rick, uh, NBC Sports and NASCAR have a deep and prosperous history. Can you talk about why continuing to have NASCAR as a significant part of your portfolio made sense? Well, I think a few things. It starts with a partnership first and foremost. I mean, NASCAR is right at the very top of our portfolio in terms of the, the tightness, the relationship that we have with the France family, Jim, Lisa, Ben, uh, certainly Steve and Brian, um, working with them every day to improve the sport, to you know, continue to drive ratings for NBC Sports. We know working with them over a long period of time there's going to be a certain amount of innovation over the last 10 years, stage racing, tweaks to the playoffs, all that really plays into why we want to be partners with NASCAR. And then you look at the product itself. I mean, it's exciting racing. You know, young crop of drivers hitting the, hitting, the, hitting the circuit. We're incredibly excited about how it fits into our Q3 and Q4 schedule. And, you know, working with these guys, too, as the anchor leg of the 4x4 relay that we're in here, you know, we couldn't be more excited where the sport's going to be in the future. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, so, Mr. Phelps, I'll turn it back to you for one last word. Wait, I have forgot one thing I'm super excited about. Um, you know, as much as it sucks that he's no longer on the track, uh, what's going to be new this coming year is that Kevin Harvick is going to be joining us in the booth, and I think he's here today, right? Harv, are you here? Yeah. Uh, and I think I heard Clint somewhere. Um, so I'm super excited that Kevin's joining us, and I think you're going to make not only Fox's coverage, but NASCAR as good as it possibly can be, that you're not on the track. So forgot about that before. Sorry. It's awesome. Welcome, Kevin. So uh, I'll close it out. Interesting listening to these guys talk, and hopefully everyone got as excited as I did listening to them and the unique pieces about what they're going to bring to our sport. There was a common theme throughout all of them, though. It was really our fans. 
um, and the quality of our fans, the size of the fan base, it's, it is, they are the best fans in all the sports. So for our fans, what they can expect moving forward is world-class production, distribution that is going to be the same in many cases, and new in others. And it is our job at NASCAR, collectively as the stakeholders, to bring more and more people into this great sport. And I think what we have just announced today is going to do exactly that. All right. So thank you to everybody on stage and those in the crowd that helped make this historic announcement happen. We're thrilled for what's in store for 2024, and we're equally excited to embark on this next chapter of our great sport working together with these partners on stage. Uh, to the media on site, we're going to take a moment to do some photos up here, uh, and then we're going to also ask that the family come up and take some photos as well. Following those photos, we will have on-stage participants available for breakout interviews in the back, uh, so look for that. But thank you, everyone. We look forward to officially crowning our National Series champions tomorrow night, as well as enjoying the festivities between now and then. Have a great rest of your NASCAR championship week in wonderful Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you all. All right, guys, welcome to the new lineup for 2025 TNT Sports back. 2014, it's been a long time ago, you think, but for uh, racing it has. Uh, hey, and welcome aboard Prime Video. I think that's for somebody on the go to make the diversification. And guys and gals, the younger generation is cutting that cable. They cut in the cord. So Prime Video fits right in there. And, hey, look, congratulations to the C CW for picking up all of Xfinity races for next year. <laughs> I think that's going to be great for the series and for C the C CW. Looking forward for that. That starts, hey, that's going to start in February. At the Daytona 500, if you hadn't got tickets, folks, you better hustle up and get you some tickets rounded up because they've already announced a sellout on, not completely, but they still have tickets available in pa different package deals. So, uh, And no camping in the infield or, or outside the track, so it's a sellout in the camping. Hey, Frank Kelhurd and his group down in Daytona, uh, Steve Phelps, uh, the whole group, guys, we're going in the right direction here. So what we're going to do next, Ricky Stenhouse was there. Ricky kind of got this show kicked off for 2023. We're kind of doing a uh, look back also here uh, with Ricky winning. Let's, let's listen to what Ricky had to say. Uh, during the uh, banquet this weekend. It was good to see him there. And the media's asking the questions, which some you'll be able to hear, but the answers you'll be able to hear. It's going to take a few, just a minute here on this one. All right, here we go. Is it 20 years, really? 
Is it better than the old, old long-time system? Or what, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I won our Xfinity championships under, I guess, the old system. So, um, you know, I think obviously that rewards, you know, the whole season. But, you know, I think I like the the playoffs. I mean, I think they're they're fun. I mean, the the rounds of of knocking them out or, um, you know, I think I think it's it's fun. It's exciting. Um, you know, I think it's you, you got to be on your a game uh you know every time you hit the racetrack to you know to make sure you're um you know i guess get to that final four right um you know we didn't do our job you know in the first round this year and uh you know it got us kicked out right so you know i think um yeah, i think it's good for the fans is the win to get in part of it a big big part for you is that yeah i mean i obviously I've, it worked out great for us this year um you know i think we were right there uh, as far as, you know, points-wise making it into the playoffs. So we were, you know, we would have been battling for that, uh, that those spots anyway. So I felt good about our season, um, you know, but it is tough, um, you know, to, you know, win one race and, and get in the playoffs. But, you know, I think it's it's just part of it, and we all know that. It got it's got me a lot more busy again, uh, you know. But really good, uh, you know. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I've I've loved every minute of you know being able to promote the sport, promote our team, uh, our partners. Um, you know, it's been cool for our fans. Um, you know, of of, of mine and um, you know, for me, I think I've been doing this for a long time, and you know, I think I'm glad I won it now versus early because uh, I feel like. I got to enjoy it more and and really um you know take it all in. And so it's been it's been great for for me and my wife. I, we've we've really enjoyed going all over the country and um you know promoting the Daytona 500. Um you know just you know a couple of days ago going down to Florida, um back to Daytona and and announcing a, a sellout uh for the ninth straight year was was fun and um like I said that's the earliest that been sold out, so I told them they're they're welcome. I think that was because of us winning. No, but um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can do it again. I, you know, once you get one, you you want to keep getting more. Ricky, uh, you've still got two months left in being the Daytona 500 champion and uh, getting to promote the race and be an ambassador like like you were this week. Uh, what what's next on the agenda? How good do you think you'll be in the lead up to? Yeah, I'm not sure. We were actually just talking about that uh, a little earlier. Uh, you know, with, you know, what is going to, um, you know, lead up to the Daytona 500 and, and how much <clears throat> media and, and stuff that we'll do. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. Um, you know, it's been something that, that I've been uh, able to enjoy for almost a solid year now. And it's uh, it's something that, you know, that, that I'll cherish these next couple months. And then, uh, you know, go back down to, you know, in February trying to defend. And, you know, I think that's, it's been done a few times, and uh, it'd be cool to do it again. You've mentioned how qualifying was one of your lacking areas this mm-hmm. year. What changes can be made over the off season to help improve your qualifying for 2020? Yeah, we've been looking hard at that already. Um, been in the shop, been in the simulator already. Um, you know, meetings and and just kind of really dissecting. You know, each weekend um, is is kind of what we're doing, and going back through all of our notes. You know, now we got you know, two full seasons of, of this race car. And, um, you know, we ran well at a lot of different racetracks. And so it's like just trying to piece all that together. Um, you know, I think myself can do a better job 
uh, in the qualifying. I, I think our cars can be better, but I think I think just me myself can um, you know really help improve our qualifying. Um, you know, just my mindset and uh, you know what to expect out of the race car and, and actually going to get all of it. Um, you know, most of the time I felt like throughout my career I've probably overdrove qualifying uh, quite a bit, and I felt like this year. I was actually quite the opposite. I felt like I underdrove qualifying too much and didn't really anticipate how much, you know, grip our race car would have. And so uh, that's just things that we've we've been looking at all offseason. A group of us were just talking about, um, you know, the 4 for 4 for 48 that we did last year, uh, trying to come up with something else to do. Um, we haven't really decided yet, but I'm sure we're going to do something. That was a lot of fun. That was a, a mental test for sure. And, um, you know, I think uh, doing things like that is fun. Uh, and, and I want to do those things while I still can. <laughs> what was your best memory of Christmas as a child? There's a couple things um, that I would say kind of really hit home for my childhood Christmases. And, you know, that was when I was four years old, I got my first dirt bike. Um, And, you know, I'd raced BMX when I was three. And so I got my first dirt bike. That was really, really special. And then the Christmas morning, I would say that I got my first go kart. Um, I remember uh, I was it had been in the next year. I was you know five, and so um, you know I walked around the corner, and uh, like in our entryway was was uh, a go kart sitting there. And so you know I got my first dirt bike. I was four, and sometime throughout that year we went to a um, a go kart track and um, a, a dirt bike track, and I spent half the day on the dirt bike track and with my with my dirt bike and then I spent uh a friend of 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 ours brought their go-kart out to the the go-kart track and I spent half the day on the go-kart track and then at the end of the day my dad asked me like all right which one do you want to race um and I picked the go-kart and so then uh the next Christmas um Santa brought me a go-kart and we started racing go-karts you mentioned that uh the Yeah, I don't do as much uh, dirt racing as is probably I would like in the off season. Um, you know, I didn't do the West Coast Midget races this year. Um, I'm not going to do Chili Bowl. I am going to race my smart car down at Volusia. Um, they're actually racing this weekend, but um, I'm going to run in kind of late January. I haven't decided if we'll do the outlaw races yet. Um, just trying to get our car a little bit more organized with my dad my dad's ready to go race he wants to race as much as we can so trying to look at schedules um but you know i love i love being behind the wheel of a a sprint car and and a midget and being on the dirt um you know it's been a few years since i've done it consistently throughout the off season or even throughout the the season in general and so uh, that's something that i'm looking at changing so looking at schedules and just trying to figure all that out I definitely think the uh, rankings are quite a bit off, uh, you know, to end the season. Uh, I, there's no way uh, I feel like Missouri should be in front of us or uh, some of these other teams. So, 
Um, Lane Kiffin's done a, a great job. Um, you know, we've had some some really good games, and um, and then obviously on the the other side of it, um, you know, I'm super tight with Coach Freeze, and I think you know what he's done at Auburn uh, in in a short amount of time is pretty impressive. So, uh, looking forward to seeing him continue to build that program, and then obviously what Lane is doing, um, you know, for for Ole Miss is uh, is fun to watch. Talk about just renewed this week announced uh, your sponsor with Kroger and your other partners as well. That's the most unique sponsor representation in the sport with the 47 car. Talk about that and all the brands. It is really hard to remember the brands uh, on our team. Tad and, and his group do such a good job of you know, going out and, um, you know, with the help of Kroger and, and getting all these partners to buy into the race program, believe in, you know, what we can do uh, as a sport and as a team. Uh, you know, Tad has shown, you know, over the years how much, um, you know, he can do for these brands and, and partners, um, you know, on and off the racetrack, in the stores. Um, he, he really knows that space really well. And so, uh, yeah, they. I got to look at the schedule uh, every week and and see who's on our car, but uh, it's a lot of fun to, to represent all those brands. And you know, we do a lot of events throughout the season, and you know, the I would say the core group of them have have stayed the same for a long time. And so, looking forward to getting back to Daytona uh, with our Cottonelle paint scheme, uh, see if we can't replicate what we did last year. And then, um, obviously, Bimbo Bakeries and and every um, you know one of their brands that you know stay on our car throughout the season. Uh, it's cool to have, you know, the as much as our brands change throughout the year, it's nice to have a core group of, uh, you know, uh, our people that stay the same uh, and, and enjoy and, and show up to and, and support us at the racetrack. <laughs> I wish it was uh, going to my house, but I think it's going uh, into the race shop for, uh, you know, just uh, it's not going to get run again, that's for sure. So, um, you know, hopefully we're rolling another one in. Uh, I know we're going to have to roll that one out before uh, before the 500, so uh, that'll be bittersweet, but hopefully we can, uh, you know, replace that one. Uh, no. Um, I mean, I've, I've done some big things for New Year's and, you know, had New Year's parties or, uh, you know, gone somewhere, but Madison and I were talking about that the other day and not sure exactly what we're going to do yet. Yeah, I think you hit it, uh, hit the nail on the head there. I, I think sometimes there's there's definitely times I wish we had a little bit more practice, but um, like you said, being a single car team, um, you know, 20 minutes is you know if you start stretching that out, uh, the the big teams definitely I think start collecting more data on a weekend and um, you know can send you know all four cars in a different direction and and kind of hone in on something. Uh, in 20 minutes, it's tough for, you know, them to run that many different setups and then, you know, change it for qualifying in, in the race. So I, I enjoy the 20 minutes, I think, for our single car team. Uh, but, yeah, there's definitely times I wish we had more. But uh, I think overall I'm I'm good with it. If you were, this was your second year instead of your 12th, would it, would it be a difference? 
Um, I would say rookies are, are definitely at a, a disadvantage. Um, you know, because the Xfinity cars are so different. You know, or the trucks. You know, depending on you know what series you're coming in from. Um, you know, but I think the good news is for them is is this car the feel doesn't really change from track to track, and um, you know, I, I think they're they're all good enough that you know after you know three or four races, you know, in a row, I think they're uh, going to be acclimated and, and know exactly what they're they're looking for. team but then also at the same time I got there and I was like holy cow like this is a full-blown big race team as well I mean they got machine shops and building their own chassis it was a lot bigger than than I really kind of thought it was going to be so you know I think for me uh, you know starting there in 2020 I wish COVID wouldn't have happened because I felt like that really kind of stunted stunted our kind of development you know I wasn't in the race shop you know, as much throughout that first year. And then, you know, my teammate Ryan Priest at the time, you know, I don't think we get really got to work super tight together. Um, and then going to a single car team, I think it's been fun just kind of building the whole, uh, you know, company around, you know, me and, and, and you know, just really moving it forward, um, you know, with all of our Kroger partners, um, you know, that have been at the company for a long time, starting to see some more success on the racetrack. I think that's what a lot of the, you know, a lot of our sponsors are, are pumped about is, um, you know, the growth that we've made, especially from, you know, 2022 to 2023. Um, they're excited to show up to the racetrack. They're excited to, you know, have an opportunity to run 
top tens, top fifteens, a lot more consistent, uh, and then obviously battle for wins at, at certain racetracks. So it's been fun to to build that. You know, this car was supposed to be you know a year forward as well, and and that was one thing that I was looking forward to going to JTG. I knew that hey, we're going to build our own cars for one more year, and then we should be on the same playing field, you know, chassis-wise and stuff as everybody else. But, you know, that waited, you know, a whole nother year. So I was kind of bummed about that, but it's been uh, it's been a cool process. What is the uh, process of, of getting better? Yeah, for us, I mean, we've we've already started that process. Uh, obviously, we're you know almost starting our I guess third week out of of the season being over, and uh, we had our our post Phoenix meeting, uh, and then we had our uh, you know post season meeting, and it was uh, you know from the blimp right overlooking our whole season, what we did well. Um, you can't forget about that, but then also honing in on on those interceptions, right? And for me as a driver. Uh, honing in on that, you know, because there's definitely, I would say, you know, five or ten, you know, five to ten areas, uh, you know, throughout the season where I could have done something different to uh, get a better result, whether it be qualifying, um, you know, throughout the race, and the team's doing the same thing, um, you know, they, you know, they have, you know, their handful of things that's like, hey, this cost us, you know, speed, cost us a good finish. And, and we know that, right? And so how do we fix that going forward? And, and so that's been fun. That's what I enjoy about the off season is really just dissecting everything. Uh, we're not in a hurry to, to fix it um, because we've got till February to get going. And, and a lot of this stuff is racecraft and, um, you know, driving, you know, on that given weekend. And, and our guys are looking at setups and things like that. Um, and they do that every day, but it's, it's fun for me to kind of dissect, um, every little part of our race team. Um, and, you know, nobody bring their feelings in the room. Right. And, um, you know, kind of, kind of open the hood and, um, and just really dissect it. And it's been, it's been fun. I enjoy that process. All right, Ricky Stenthouse, getting ready for the 2024 season. That blended in really nice there, 2024 season. So, uh, Ricky won the first race at, at the Daytona 500. And we're going to listen to Ross Chastain, who won the last race of the 2023 season out at Phoenix, and I was there. Ross Chastain. Honda Recon 250, four-wheeler. Yeah, for sure. I was way too young and um, had free reign of the farm and the streets around the house. And uh, I think it was like a 1999 model. Did I crash it? Oh, first day. Drove it straight in the straight in the trees. I didn't know where the brakes were. I, I had to lean down off the seat and shift with my hand. I, my foot wouldn't reach the shifter. What was the worst thing you said you were? Never got a bad one. Never got, a bad Never got cold, so. 
way prior than you before. The win in Cup is just incredible. Jordan thought, yeah, I don't. It's nothing other than everything that it comes with it, and and what comes with winning a cup is amazing. So, um, yeah, whenever the wins, you know, whenever they happen throughout the year, I'm thankful and and excited. So. You look at I mean, we talk all those years. You know, you, look, you guys are so great, so strong at the beginning of the year, right? And then it kind of tapered off a little bit, kind of up and down. Did you guys ever kind of pinpoint what it was that caused the second half that you had maybe they didn't have as much speed no like we were like <laughs> trying to build the best cars and like yeah. they were yeah we were digging we're in the the dil simulator every week just yeah just working um and um no it wasn't one thing phoenix wasn't one change we didn't make one yeah. you know we didn't go with a different idea or it was just a continuation of of the work so yeah. Like yeah, I don't I don't understand why. <laughs> sometimes I'm twelfth and sometimes I'm winning. I don't I don't when I'm doing it I don't know. You know we we put the same work in. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it made that flight back from Phoenix way way better. Um, yeah, it's, it was the first time I've you know winning the last race for me um, of anything uh, really. Even even growing up, um, didn't have I guess one time one time I had like won the last race as a kid and then and won the championship. Um, but but to win and then be done racing um, is is amazing. I mean, it just, it, it, everything that it could help, it, it helps. Right now it's just been, take a breath. Um, that's, that's my message to the team is just, okay, we did that. Let's right after Phoenix was okay. Let's let's clean everything up. Let's put it away and and take a break. Um, we we need that, and I believe that uh, that in in life and in all this that we do that you you can't just always be training and you can't always be building race cars, right? And we don't need to build race cars in December. So let's take an audit of where we're at. Let's let's fix some things that we want fixed for it to have better in in may and june um and uh and that justin was similar in that so um yeah enjoy the moment and and let's so we haven't i mean they're they're working on stuff but we you know it's it's time for everybody to take a break take a trip go somewhere with their family and uh we'll come back soon and be ready to rip in january I was a Jeff Gordon fan. Just, I mean, he was. They were winning everything and Rainbow Warriors and, um, yeah. I mean, I remember the first time he said my name and saw saw me in the garage passing and and he said, "Hey Ross," and uh, probably helped that I had like watermelon a watermelon polo on, but he probably was a little easier to narrow it down, I guess. But um, yeah, that was that was my, you know, NASCAR driver. That was my guy. 
you've kind of compared a little bit about the way you race with the late Dale Earnhardt. Do you see any of the similarities in that, that you're, you know, you're head down and you're going for it, and this is what you have to do to win a race? That's what you're going to do, because your priorities are what you and your team need. I've never, I never got to meet him, so I'm not, I'm not sure, um, you know, what he was, what he was like, because um, I never, I never got the honor to meet him, but I'm me, so if I drive, if it reminds people of somebody in the past, great, but, but I am me, so you, at the end of the day, they're watching me drive, and, um, you know, you get the good and the bad with that sometimes, so um, it's an honor to be compared to anybody that's that's been as successful uh, in this sport um, and highly regarded, like some of those names. And um, but but I'm me. Now, we just talked about uh, just your, how you drive and, and you do things, and obviously this sport is always there's a lot of things to talk about is personality, and um, you know, based on just the, what you did on the track, not because you went out and did it. You were at one point a pill. Um, I can't relate to having been in that, that position. And, you know, people talk about, hey, the sport needs to have a pill. Well, it's easy to say that unless you're the guy that's, that's the one. And I guess I would ask is, can you give me a sense of what it is like to at one point be viewed as kind of a villain type of role and the, the scrutiny that I will probably never know not, and I don't mean you personally, mm-hmm. the driver's seat in, mm-hmm. in that spotlight. That's easy, easy for me or somebody else to say, hey, yeah, the sport needs to have a villain. Well, yeah, but there's this hole, I'm guessing, that I probably don't understand. The first time a grown man looks at you and boos and <laughs> gives you the double bird and <laughs> says, you <laughs> says you suck is it's pretty tough. And, and um, I, remember the, I remember the first time. Um, it's more like when I've spun their race, their their favorite driver out. So I get it. But the first time was tough, and uh, and now I see it, and and I I do I I chuckle um, because there's way too many to get upset about. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's not you know I feel like they're they're reacting to my action, so I'm good with it. Like I I have control, and uh, and they they react to you know if I if I bump their driver, I spin them out or you know whatever. Um, that's what that's what's made what made Phoenix so great and what made Nash like the win so great is that we just drove by guys and we we beat them um, and I didn't right I didn't make the mistakes that I made at other tracks um, so yeah it's uh, I never thought I would be a villain either I, I mean I, I don't I don't like people to not like me so um, it's uh, I've just had to learn through it and grow grow with it. Last year at this event, you had talked about wanting to try to do anything you could to get into a Rolex, and that was something that you always wanted to do. So, hey, I'm trying to talk to anybody as, as possible, obviously, having a great season, um, maybe open doors, maybe didn't. Where does that stand in whether it's next year or beyond, or, or how do you look at that? I'm going to open a door at some point. I have not found one to, to <laughs> nobody let me drive yet, but um, it's going to happen one day. I just, I'm, yeah, still working on it, still. Uh, I just I don't really know what what I'm doing. Um, like I've learned the NASCAR landscape and the garage and how to navigate the different series. I've not learned that with IMSA um, and with sports cars. So you'll see me there one day. It's just it's going to be a, re- a rewarding day when it happens because it's yeah obviously taking longer than I wanted.
So what's your offseason look like? And also with Shane, uh, you know, training or, you know, whatever coming over, what's your involvement in that? Um, Shane hasn't gotten here full-time yet, uh, but he is. So, um, yeah, I see him um, and uh, online over training overseas, you know, over back home. So um, it's going to be good. Zane's already, you know, he's right in the in the in the gym with us and in the in the trenches um and then Shane will be be good as well so um he's they both pushing me to to step it up a bit how weird was it to win at Phoenix with all the attention rightly on Blaney and do you still feel like you were the most oh absolutely it was great um I knew that that they've said in the past that there is a you know for the race winner to do his stuff in turn three but I had some sponsors down at the end of the grandstands, past start finish at the dog leg. So uh, the Worldwide Express group was down there. So I went down there, did some burnouts, and then did a burnout all the way down the front, um, best I could to turn three. Uh, it was I I laughed <coughs> because um, in his first interview, getting out of the car on the track uh, for for Ryan, you can hear me in the background. I'm still doing burnouts. Like I'm still he's already out talking, and I'm still down there until the tires were about to blow out. So <clears throat> um, I knew that we were going to be in our own little world, and we were. And, um, you know, we we still smashed our watermelon, and we still went to victory lane, and we, we celebrated. Um, and the fans that were paying attention to us, they were into it. So it was it was a great reaction from the crowd for the watermelon smash. And um, going up and giving some to uh, some fans in the stands was, was really cool, and um, rightly so, right? Blaney's got all the attention, but... Uh, we we partied pretty hard. Can you talk about being back in Nashville after when you were here last summer? Yeah, it's uh, my head hurts just like it did Monday morning after that. Um, yeah, look, this is is a special town for us, and to win here um, is uh, is is a lot of what Trackhouse was built off of early on, and the the thought and the the idea that that we are Nashville's team, that Trackhouse is. Um, it, it means a lot that we were able to win here, and and then um, yeah, it's cool to be back. I mean, I didn't go out to the to the speedway, but um, just knowing driving over here that uh, that the last time I was driving from here, we we were winners, um, and we're driving back over here as winners again. How big was it to get that win though? Because it had been a while. I mean, you had won earlier the year before, mm-hmm. and just knowing, hey, it wasn't a fluke. We're still a competitive organization. Yeah. It's, I mean, just winning a cup is just so incredible, um, and it comes with everything <coughs> that I had ever dreamed of, <coughs> and um, and more. So I am every one of these wins is just so incredible. Um, I don't I don't take any of them for granted. So yeah, it's amazing. Was there one thing that was you know one disappointment that really got to you this season? You know something that you had kind of hoped for, won it, and it just didn't come your way. Spring Darlington. I mean, yeah, the throwback weekend. Um, it hurts. It still hurts. Uh, I crashed and, and took us out and took Kyle with us. And um, when when we win in, Dar- in Darlington, I'll have that picture of the win right next to the crash because it, it's a journey, and it's, it's going to take all these missteps, wrecks, uh, losses to get where I want to get to. Um, and Spring Darlington will will hurt forever probably. So, yeah, that's that's the one. Joey Logano said coming here, none of you want to be here. But he said there's no greater motivation than seeing somebody other than yourself up at that main <coughs> table where you all aspire to be. Is that is this motivation for you? 
Yeah, it seems like Joey doesn't want to do a lot of things <laughs> these days. I see to hear him always complaining about anything. I'm like, gosh, we're this is you don't have to be here. Like, you don't in the sport, so if you. I don't understand. I think um, he's saying it's hard to be here because you're not the champion. We, I guess, you know, being a champion and then coming back. Yeah, um, maybe he knows better. But, yeah, last year sitting in the first row right behind them, and they were in the couches. We were at the first table. Um, yeah, didn't I didn't like it. I did not like watching him, um, watching them because they'd beat us, and I don't, I don't like that. So, yeah, I, I agree with that, I guess, with what he's saying. Yeah, you don't want to – it hurts in the moment, but it is motivating. No idea. I, I, um, not in the wind tunnel, right? Don't don't understand the bumper structure that that it takes to <coughs> to have these cars. So, um, not sure. Somebody way smarter than me. Needs, we'll, we'll figure that out, or, or or I'll I'll let them know once we race. How do you see the playoff system we have now versus the one that NASCAR had for decades? The old point. <coughs> Is what it is. Like I, yeah, I don't, I don't put any thought into it. Um, we, uh, we go race and and we know the structure ahead of time and uh, you know, like it's all laid out. So as long as it's the same for everybody, nothing changes midway, then it's good. Are you good with the wind to get in part? That's sort of the revolution. Yep. Part of it, I, I, I think it's great. Yeah, I think that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I got no issues with how we have it set up. People have brought up the idea that <coughs> having so much on the last race, last mm-hmm. race, top four, last race, should be modified maybe last three <coughs> races, some kind of point total or cumulative result. But would you prefer that or like it is now? I haven't put any thought, so giving an answer on that would be silly uh, for me, not thinking it through. Um, but I'm good with whatever they decide to do. Like it, I. I truly don't care what it is. I just give me the rules and just like the rule book on the car, the rule book on the track, give me the rules and let me go race and see if I can beat everybody. That's that's all I want to do. As long as I got a shot. What was Christmas like at the Um warm, South Florida. So usually we would turn the air down a bit and then have a fire a fireplace. Um because it wasn't very cool. Uh, definitely was not cold. And then, um, yeah, large family, uh, both sides, seeing everybody on Christmas Day. Um, Santa came uh, every year. It was great. I never got cold, so I guess I did something right. And then uh, we actually got into a little a little habit of going out on the river and skiing or uh, tubing or something in the river in the boat. Um, on Christmas Day, just because most of the country is cold, 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 not going in the water, and it was the water wasn't hot, but it was warm enough that you could just be in a bathing suit and not not be too cold. Um, we got into a little habit of that, so that was that was neat. Um, see if we can do that again this year. Not sure. Did you were you one of those kids that got to go kart for Christmas? And if so, do you remember what it was like, and did it spur anything? No, no go-kart. I mean, I had, well, we would usually build it. It wasn't, 
I never had like a true like go kart from from the store, uh, but I did have a four wheeler. So I had a Honda Recon 250. Um, my cousin Rachel, uh, my aunt and uncle lives right next door, and um, she's six years older. She also got a Kawasaki, I think, a 250. So here I am. <clears throat> I don't. It was 90. It was Christmas of 99, maybe. Um, I think is when I got it. So I was born in 92, and I got a, a like a 250. Uh, it was a big four-wheeler for for me then. Um, I had to like lean down and shift with my hand, and I couldn't reach it, reach the shifter with my foot. So, um, yeah, four-wheelers were what we had. My cousin Trey got one as well uh, pretty soon after, so the three of us were riding all over um, the farm and, and um, crashing. I crashed it day one, drove it right into the trees. I didn't know where the brakes were and flipped it multiple times, uh, ran it through a barbed wire fence one time and cut myself all up, went flying through the air. Um yeah, we we drove a lot of things, but the four wheeler was was my main mode of transportation. Is that the, best, can, Christmas, sorry. Oh, okay. Is that the best Christmas present you've ever gotten? <coughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to drive something. So can, can you assess your season as a whole, looking back on 2023? Um, I mean, when we look back in 10 years, it'll just it'll be we won twice and. And I'll have to clarify that we won Phoenix, but we didn't win a championship, right? It was, uh, we'll see how the rest of the, or the next years go with winners uh, being the champion or not, but um, incredible. Yeah, definitely ups and downs, right? Definitely times that I wish I could take back, moments, crashes that I will work to be better at. But um, overall, keeping our group together, uh, my one group stayed exactly the same from 22, and it was primarily... Uh, really only a few small changes from 21 uh, when I was in the 42 car and we transitioned to track house um, we've kept mostly the group together and that's that's so rewarding whenever we went from 18th place in points maybe in 2021 and in average running position back in back around there to winning races winning two races each year um, very rewarding to do it with my group is there any like what after 2022, could he back it up? You win the same number of races, but it wasn't the, the same kind of season. Right. Is there any kind of different mindset <coughs> going into next year? Keep building. Keep going. Don't let up. Um, I mean, this sport is so humbling. It will put you right back down below where you ever thought you could go quickly if you let it. Um, and it's going to. It's going to continue to. There's going to be days where I feel like I get punched in the face, uh, right in the nose. And um, going, you know, going to sleep, wake up the next day, get right back at it, is um, is important to me, and uh, something I really take a lot of pride in. That we just keep showing up, we keep grinding through it. Um, so, yeah, everybody in this, you know, every driver could have a better year. <coughs> Nobody's ever won every race, so till that happens, we'll all have something to work on. Have you talked to Ryan? Yeah. Congratulations or anything? Yeah. Like yeah. 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 Everything? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we were we were laughing right after the race um, uh, because we both got what we were looking for. Of course, he would have loved to have won the race. I think he should have won the race last year. I think he easily could have passed Joey, and I think he should have should have. Um, but he stayed behind him, and then he didn't want to stay behind me this year, but he he got to stay behind me. So that was um, he still got what he wanted. Does that go through your mind at all? Like this year, like 
the year before, he was kind of holding you up. Absolutely. Yeah. All year. Every, I mean, yes. I, I, all year, every time. Yeah. When I, I, you don't forget when you're 235 feet from a championship and there's a car in the way and he's the teammate of the guy you're trying to pass, trying to catch, um, and he's purposely in the way. Um, I'll never forget that. So. Have you talked to Carson since Phoenix? I know you've, I know you've been to the men's sports and have you talked to him about what happened? And then, I mean, a lot of the Cup guys have kind of made their comments towards mm-hmm. him. He's moving up next year. Have you talked to him at all? I have, yeah. Um, he's off racing the snowball. He's, right, he's, he's living life. And um, <coughs> he's growing up before all of our eyes. And, and he's 20 years old. So the good and the bad of making it uh, and getting hired to drive these trucks and cars is that you, at 20 years old, you, you, everybody gets to watch you, you grow up. And um, I'm excited for him to take that next step and continue to grow and, and um, grow into the race car driver that he wants to be. And uh, we'll be there along the way to help. I kind of wanted to ask you about that, the evolution of your driving. How different of a competitor are you now than you were five or six years ago? I mean, what has it been like for you? Have you had to change your style at all, or have you learned things, obviously, technique-wise? Absolutely. I, I try to learn something every day and for every race. Um, yeah, we we joke in amongst my group, my family, my team, um, both at Trackhouse and, and MMI, that, like, it's Ross version 2, 3, Ross version 4.0 um, because I I don't eat some of the same things I used to eat. I don't I don't live the way like I don't the way that I you know just not anything bad. I just have evolved and I've I've I do things with intention um, and uh, it's all to drive a race car faster. So everything I do is to drive a race car faster. Sometimes it seems silly, um, but yes, I never thought I'd be pedaling a bicycle. Every, you know, <clears throat> throughout the week um, on purpose. Like, I thought it would just be to get from point A to point B. Uh, as a kid, we we didn't do anything uh, like, like what I'm doing now. So, um, yeah, the uh, the training and stuff and the way I – what I eat and what I put in, I put good in, and, and I get great out. And, um, yeah, definitely evolving, definitely learning. Going to the farm, I, I, yeah. Because I don't have to work there, um, it's it's great. It's it's what I enjoy and just enjoy everything about right my family and and um, getting in their way a little bit. But uh, but yeah, anytime I can slip off or even during the season, um, stopping in at a farm like it it just makes me feel at home. Um, and for a life on the road and and all this crazy race car travel, it's uh, really rewarding to just see farmers doing their thing and. Um, trying to tell their story a little bit like it's just it's fun for me so yeah I, honestly like going to riding around a farm with a with an old farmer is is cool yeah all right Ross Chastain uh so we had the tv package already today we've got uh we've got Ben Rose I think we're gonna bring on next since he was the truck champion and was at the banquet uh then we got Roger Penske. He's he's going to be awesome. And then we'll have Ryan Blaney towards the end. 
Absolutely great weekend in Nashville. Something I noticed about this time on this trip is uh, rooms were down a little bit, I think, from the past. But it seems like two of the uh, banquets back-to-back was against other larger. The NRA was there one year. So, uh, you know, everybody come packing for a motel room, which made for outrageous prices. But uh, And parking wasn't that bad, if you know where to park, how to use the parking wisely. Uh, Fifteen twenty dollars get you a place to park. Uh, I, I park a couple of days for ten dollars a day. So, and then uh, if you go to the hot, if it's during the hockey game, you can park in in the uh, music center for fifteen dollars, and that's a pretty good bargain for parking in downtown Nashville because everywhere there's a uh, Space, there's a building, so it's uh, kind of rough. So, got Ben Rose, man. Uh, ben looked like he had a great time. Two time champion in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. No, I, so it's funny. I was talking a lot with uh, NASCAR competition about that last night. Um, not only, you know, like Scott Miller, but others, even uh, Steve O'Donnell, we talked about that a little bit. And look, I think the racing product at Phoenix was great up until it devolved into, <laughs> into some chaos. But, you know, I think what people have to remember is the difference between, let's say, Truck Series and um, Xfinity is or in Cup, well, Xfinity wrecked the crap out of everything the prior week at Martinsville, so they're not a good one to compare to. Uh, I think the difference between us and Cup is, you know, these guys in Cup have multi-year contracts. The guys in trucks, they're scrapping. They're, they're, they are fighting for their lives every single lap. I have to keep that in mind when I'm out there racing because I'm going to race somebody that has no contract, that has no... Um, They've got nothing on the horizon for next year. They race like their life depends on it, where if you're racing against somebody that's signed for next year, they're racing with a big-picture attitude. So I think we saw some of that play out at Phoenix. Um, the way that it devolved, though, a little bit with, with some championship competitors wrecking each other, that was not good. I know there's still um, a lot of there's still a lot of harsh feelings about that uh, within the industry, but... You know, for me, that's just racing. When you make it to the championship four, it's anybody's race. And anybody that can make it there, I think, is deserving of the championship, whether it's me, it's Grant, it's Carson, it's Heim, whoever. Just getting to that point is incredibly hard. I don't know if enough people are talking about that and this playoff format that is modern NASCAR about how difficult that is. It's anybody's race at that point. You have to make it to 150, you know. That's plain and simple. So if you don't make it there, well... Sorry about your luck. You're not going to win the championship. So, it's just how it is. It's big because, you know, Louisville, Kentucky is a huge Ford town. You know, I know, every, like, Ford is synonymous with Detroit or Dearborn, Michigan, right? That's That's what it is. Louisville, Kentucky is a town they sleep on because I'm telling you what, we have the Ford truck plant there. If I'm not mistaken, it's something like 50% of revenue comes out of that plant for Ford. Don't quote me on that. I thought I heard that on a plant tour. We've had a few plant plant tours now, okay? But um, my point being, though, is that plant does an incredible amount of volume for Ford. And you got your 250, 350, Super Duties. you got Expeditions. you got LAP down the street, which is uh, the Ford Escape. And there's another vehicle made there. I'm drawing a blank at the moment. But anyways, 
With all that being said, I know so many people that work at the plants and have family that work there. So when I'm in Louisville, yeah, it was like people were ecstatic to hear we were with Ford. They, I mean, that's what they bleed. You know, that's what they are. They bleed blue for Kentucky Wildcats, but they bleed blue for Ford, too. So it's um, it's cool. It's always been something that we wanted, and, and now that we kind of have that full support of everybody, it means a lot. <laughs> yeah, I brought some bullet bourbon, actually. Uh, I had a brand-new bottle sitting at home. I said, I'm going to take this to my room with me. We might host a few people. No. Uh, well, actually, I've only had a little bit so far. Um, nobody came to my little gathering. You know, I was like, hey, where are you guys at? Where are you guys at? Everybody was out doing their own thing, so, um, which is fine. These have been long days down here. <laughs> I think I told you earlier I was running on like a six hours of sleep average these past two or three days. Um, so it's been it's been fun, though. I mean, you you have to earn the opportunity to be here, and to be here is really an honor. So you soak it in, and you you know. Sleeps for the dead. We're here to have some fun and enjoy it. On the Kentucky point, so being a Kentuckian, Kentucky Speedway, obviously we don't race there anymore. The governor of Kentucky has been vocal about bringing it back. The U.S. senators from Kentucky have been vocal about bringing that track back. What are your thoughts, you know, bring a lot more your family and friends to the track? Yeah, it, it was disappointing for me. For sure. Uh, the crazy part is, is, yeah, to the governor's point and to our politician's point of Kentucky, they were infrastructure that was put in place for that. And if I'm not mistaken, they're still building the airport across the street, which was purposely for that racetrack. They had just repaid the racetrack the year before, so NASCAR then put some money into it. Um, but with all that being said, I think it does lay the groundwork for the future. I think there are... Now, I could be just talking completely from nowhere right now, but from what I understand, I do think there are some plans in the future at some point to be back with all those infrastructure improvements with the racetrack itself. But as we all know, new asphalt's not fun asphalt, so I think the old asphalt in the future may provide some excellent racing. It's just a matter if we get back there. Yeah, well, firstly, to your point about the um, folks kind of hammering the truck series and saying there's no leadership, there's this, there's no that. I mean, we saw Xfinity wreck the entire field. Uh, at Martinsville the week before, uh, Kyle Busch made the point that, you know, he says, oh, is there a lack of respect in the truck series? He said, no, I deal with that on Sundays. I deal with that on Saturdays. I deal with that on Fridays. He races all three series, and you see the same thing. It's just really hard racing. The difference with the truck series is it, it, it manufactures chaos because our stages are so much shorter. Our racing is so much tighter because aerodynamically, I mean, we just punch a massive hole in the air. We can't get away from each other. And then with that, you have people that are just racing for, they're literally racing for their lives. They're racing for a contract. They're racing for their gig. So you see a lot of aggression. Um, but, I mean, that's the truck series. So we have one bad race at the end. I thought the race up to that point was good. You have you have five restarts, okay, and it, it kind of devolves at the end. But it, I don't think that should take away from the entire season by any means. I think we had on some really incredible racing throughout the year. So I think that's negativity a little bit. A lot of people like to get into that and read into that. But as far as the rookie meetings go for next year, yeah, I've, I've been told I get the uh, privilege and honor of talking to the rookies uh, next year. Uh, there will be discussions about that. The biggest thing in my rookie 
meetings whenever I do have the ability to speak is just to understand that it's cliche, and I've been told this even when I was a rookie and I didn't understand it, is racing smarter, not harder, you know, you can't win it on the first lap, all that stuff's cliche, but I think the big thing is, is just making really smart moves, because in the long run, it's going to come around to get you. Uh, when you do good things, good things come back, and people really do operate more on a relationship basis on the series and on the track than what than what I initially realized. So I think they, as a rookie, you kind of need to understand that too, that when you're on the racetrack, people remember things. Matt Crafton, my teammate, still remembers me moving him out of the way in my very first truck race in 2014 at Martinsville. You don't forget things. So he's a perfect example of that. Well, um, I, I don't feel like it, but I guess I kind of am in that category now with eight or nine, however many full-time seasons I've done now. Uh, you know, I, you've got Matt Crafton. We, you've got Grant Enfinger. You've got Stuart Friesen. Uh, I guess I would put myself in there now as guys that have done it for a while. So you, it, it, I think it was more or less just, you know, that was the original truck series. That was There's been a changing of the guard over the years. New veterans will have to come up to replace the old. Um, I, I don't know if I really call myself that, but I certainly see Matt Crafton and Stuart Friesen and Grand Infinger as those guys. Um, I can tell you that they're not afraid to go up and talk to people <laughs> after the race. Sometimes I just, yeah, I, I sometimes will just let it slide and say, well, I can't drive their truck for them. They're going to do what they got to do. My best case scenario is just avoiding them, and then I've got to... I've got to put them in situations where they can affect me. And I've kind of operated that way and kind of flown under the radar that way. But sometimes it is better to have those face-to-face -face conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a meme going around, right, where it showed all these legendary truck teams, and it was like, there's Thor Sport. It was like, gone, 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 gone. But that's just, I mean, that's just the nature of life, though. It's, there's somebody's, it's going to change and evolve. KBM's now Spire. All these different teams of, you know, Red Horse Equipment was with, was it Tricon? It's like, so it's, it's always, there's always a, the same people, like behind the scenes. There's always the same people. But it's the changing of the teams, the ownership, some of the structure, buildings they work out of, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't think anything is going to be lacking from the truck series. I understand that, you know, GMS is closing, but those resources and people are going to other places. It's not like we've just permanently lost all this stuff. So, um, you know, I think that's one thing that fans will, if you look into the history of it, it'll be really clear to you and you can understand that things may change but they're actually staying the same it's just it's different leadership different investments different teams i mean i was around and made my first start in turner scott motorsports in the truck series uh you know they're gone you got red horse that's gone you've got gms kbm all that stuff but that's just changes you know so the one thing though that you can count on is thor sport racing will be around <laughs> that is from the top the leadership duke and ronda love this series they've been the longest tenured to do it and they have no plans to to pull out of it so They've, um, yeah, they make that that very very certain. Okay, cool. And then on an entirely way different note, I mean, now that you have a little bit of time in the off season, I know like obviously like, you have land that you'll be working, but do you guys still get you know, get away and have some fun? We're going to try to. My wife's wanting to schedule some sort of trip for us to get away um, because we have the second baby coming. So 
we we're it's in the works. <laughs> so I'm I, my vacation is going over to the farm and and working on stuff. I'm outside. I'm chopping wood. I'm cutting down. Tra- I'm making a path for utilities. I'm grading the driveway. In. That's fun for me. I'm on my Kubota tractor. I'm having a great time. But that's not fun for her. <laughs> She's at home with the baby. <laughs> you know, her life's the same. I'm out here doing all these cool things that I love, and yeah. So I'm. Yeah, we're going somewhere. It's just a matter of where. I, I got to keep Mama happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've always wanted to. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I know I'm from Kentucky too, mm-hmm. Green, so I know it's very important to like this whole area. Yes. Stays. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the full background and story. I've seen like bits and pieces of the saga and the drama and the stuff that's unfolding on social media, but I haven't known enough to really like follow along. But um, I'm always pro racetrack, especially when it's a historical facility and it's a place that's been around longer than some of the surrounding places so you know i look i live in kentucky i want to race close i don't nothing against going on the west coast swing because it is beautiful but um when i was not married and have kids i was all for going out west now i'm married and have kids i like racing close to home and i can go back and be in my own bed at night i we travel a lot i every two weeks i'm in sandusky ohio for about three days every monday for like 18 weeks in a row is in charlotte north carolina for simulator and then we have 23 races a year so yeah if we can get some close races i'm all for that No, I actually feel super comfortable here now for the second time. Uh, you really, you know what to expect, and it just feels like we're we're just we're doing business now. Okay. You know, it's like we're getting down to business, and this is what it's like. This I, this might sound arrogant. I hope it doesn't sound arrogant, but it's like this is what it should be. You know, this is what we set out to accomplish. We did it. This is what it should be every year. Anything less than this is a failure. So if we're not here something's wrong right like that's how it feels to me now and we came up close last year in second but um yeah i just i don't know i feel like we belong here and i don't want to miss it yeah. and that does sound again i was talking to joey a while back and he said that when you see all the trophies at penske that if you're not bringing a championship you're like oh i'm letting the entire organization down so mm-hmm. like he walks in with that same expectation like i need to be the one there winning the championships that's a really good way to put it at thor sport we have they they've got a really nice showroom and when you enter the doors you've got all these murals of like the early history of door sport with matt crafton and johnny Sauter winning all these races and the championships and you know for years i'd walk past that and i'm like where am i at like where's where's my contribution and now i can finally say that we've done that and we we gave them their first two owners championships you know after nearly coming up on 30 years of of competition it's really cool to think that we were able to provide two things that they have yet to have that's that's special Thank you, man. Thank you. How you doing? Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was funny it. yesterday, you guys getting lost in traffic. Dude. I had it on my show today because I guess it was Jerry Jordan was there, right yeah. there, and I'm going like, man, i got to get that to put on my show today. It was, it was so funny. He, I saw him on the scooter because that was the only way he could follow us. It's not like you can be on a car. He's on one of the he, – I guess he rented one of those scooters real quick, and he saw us not going where we're supposed to, and he's following us. I'm like, where are we supposed to go, Jerry? <laughs> it was wild. I think we ended up like three blocks away. I really don't even know to this point. I should know, but when we come here to Nashville, uh, we go to all these different events, and they have somebody that drives us, you know, because that keeps us on schedule. And um, 
because I don't know the roads really at all. And they're like, oh, it's simple. It's just a rectangle. You just take, you know, some right turns. I know it's not left turns, so you just take some right turns. And Oh, no, I, I messed it up somehow. And then Cole and, and Blaney are following me. So I pull over in, like, a parking spot. I'm on, like, public roads at this point. I wave them up here. Where do we go? I don't know. <laughs> We're both lost. It was so wild. Afraid of getting a ticket at some point? Did the police pull up? Well, the lights on, go like, hey, boys, this, these, these vehicles aren't legal. It was actually really funny because before we started, uh, the police were there. They were giving us the briefing, and they said, hey, we don't want to see any wheel spin. We don't want to see any smoke. You know, we're out here to do a parade, and we need to keep it that way. And I may have had a little wheel spin. <laughs> so, you know, I was expecting the cuffs to be there waiting for me, especially when I want a little three-block joyride, inadvertently. Yeah, but I did think it did. I'm not going to lie. It did cross my mind when I'm three blocks away. I'm like, you know, there's nobody around here. Who's going to stop us from just taking... We, we we could go across the bridge. We could go. I could go park this sucker and take some scenic photos right Interstate now. Interstate 40. Yeah, I could. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it was hilarious though when we made those turns. You could see it clearly on people's faces that they had no clue what was like. They didn't know that NASCAR was here. Uh, these were people that were just going about their everyday lives, doing business on a Wednesday, and here comes Ryan Blaney, Cole Custer, Ben Rhodes, and our race vehicles around the corner. Just bringing the thunder, and they're put holding their ears, and it was it was pretty comical. Uh, on a more serious note, um, what do you? How do you feel? You've been at the truck series. You've been in that for a while. How do you feel the competitive level of that series is right now? Uh, more difficult than ever. I was talking to Jim France last night, Steve O'Donnell, and I mean, the. The competition since when I started in 2016 is so much more difficult. A lot of that comes from just natural development of the series. So all of us teams are working within the same rule book, and we've had a very similar rule book for a long time. So naturally, we're all finding a very similar path because really certain things are fast and certain things are not fast in racing. It's just physics. But We've also had these Ilmore Motors that were introduced a couple years back, and that really tightened the field up. Now you have guys that you know maybe didn't have a good motor program. Like an example is not—I'm not going to say Jordan Anderson because he's not good, but like you know, there's a difference between a good motor program and not. And once everybody got good motors, these these NT1s, now Jordan Anderson—you can't just pass him. He's there. He's racing, and it made the series so much deeper. So for guys like him, I think it was really good for the team, for the sport for for everybody else it made the racing so much tighter so as a driver it's you got to work harder you've got to be on your a game more the restarts are more important the drafting is more important there is so much more that i feel like i'm doing at a higher level than 2016 and in 2016 i had poles i had all these different like things we were racing i didn't get a win but we had three really good opportunities had i been more experienced we would have done it i was just a dumb idiot at that time right but you know, I look back at it now, and we we had speed, and I didn't know anything. And now we know all this stuff, and it's so hard to get wins. It's just the series has progressed, and it's gotten so tight. It's harder than ever. You're looked at as one of the leaders in this series, one of the flag wavers, like maybe a Denny Hamlin in Cup or a Kevin Harvick. After the last race, you know, all of a sudden we have a new verb, being Hosevard. And there was some... <laughs> I didn't hear that verb. That's and, a good verb. <laughs> And you have, you know, a lot of the cup drivers were asked about this at Phoenix and didn't have a lot of kind words 
for the racing at the end in the season finale yeah. of your series. Does that bother you? Does that kind of hurt your feelings to have a black mark on the series like that, or, or no? No, um, no, because I don't think it was exactly fair or warranted. Now, of course, look, it devolved a little bit at the end. We all saw that, but that was between two championship contenders and perfectly good control of their trucks, doing what they wanted to do, youthful exuberance. It led to a bunch of restarts. Fine. We all have 150 laps to get to the end of that race, and if you're the champ four, it's your job to get it there. So we found a way to do that, and we've been able to do it for a couple years now, but I don't think all the negativity was really warranted. I think Kyle Busch said it best. Somebody asked him, is the lack of respect really bad in the truck series? He said, no. I'm paraphrasing here, but he was basically saying, no, it's all the way up. It's 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 cup, it's here, it's Xfinity, it's truck. It's So it's not just a truck thing. The thing with the truck series is we have extremely short stages. We have truck racing that has these built these you know sealed engines so we're all extremely close there's no horsepower difference between us and then we've got guys that are racing for their lives that are not signed for anything they're going out there and they're being ultra aggressive trying to do something at every single opportunity which i'll remind you not every opportunity is an opportunity you need to take some of them there it's a door and when you open it there's a monster on the other side and that's a big wreck so we've seen that. So when you don't have a ton of experience, some of these guys don't have a ton of experience, but they're really fast. They're really aggressive. That leads to cautions. When the series is, I would argue, the closest in competition of all three because, you know, we, again, we have those built those sealed engines. Um, and then, of course, we punch a bigger hole in the air. So at like mile and a half, for example, you pass somebody. Well, you get in front of them. Guess what? You're giving them a massive draft. You can't get away from them for at least a couple of laps. So truck racing is really hard. I talk to a few different drivers now that have made starts in Xfinity Series and Cup, and they say the truck series race craft is different. You really the race craft is different. So I guess to answer your question, I understand why the comments were made, but I don't think it was completely warranted that you know let's say the last 29 laps in overtime they're going to try to put a period on the the season with that when we had a lot of really really excellent races and a lot of really good winners throughout the year that put on great racing right so to that point i think 29 laps wasn't a fair judge i totally agree i appreciate it you know one of the things that that maybe i get to meet him now i don't know uh yeah, maybe a little bit, but I'm still I'm still jealous. I'm still working on the fire suit from Bubba, so we'll we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I, I struck out on the helmet. I tried a lot, really hard, and uh, the helmet was off the table. So next best thing, I'll, I'll take a fire suit. Hopefully, hopefully I can get something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I haven't asked him yet. I haven't asked him yet. Maybe. Be cool to have one of each, but. Uh, I have to. I got to work on one before the other one first. I can't. I, it's going to kill my self confidence if I strike out if I go over two. So I need to try to go get one first, and then I'll uh, then I'll try for the other one. Honestly, it's something I've you know bounced around in my mind for you know a couple of years. You know, it's something I feel like is. Uh, you know, if you could do like the double, that's that's cool. You know, Larson's doing it next year. Um, that's going to be great. And yeah, I've, I've poked around that idea with RP for a couple years now, and um, I might have to bring it back up. So we'll we'll see where that goes. Other than being a driver, what what is it that lures you to it? You don't have that sort of. No, I don't. But I just feel like that's a not many many people.
can do that, right? Can do the double, and um, it's a pretty short list. And uh, it'd be neat to just just do it. I, I have respect for all forms of motorsports, you know. So I think you want to go experience something like that. And um, I think it kind of my age would be kind of perfect to do it, you know. And and uh, but I, I just think the nostalgia of it, you know, being able to say you ran hopefully 1,100 miles in one day um, on the racetrack, you know, is uh, is a cool feat and um, cool for Kyle to be able to do it and. Maybe one one day I uh, I'll get the privilege too. Have you raised yet back in the car next week? And have you beefed you at all what you're doing, or have you not gotten to that point? Um, yeah, we we had a pretty good run through of what they're going to do, kind of procedure wise. Um, when we had our meeting with NASCAR before the season ended, uh, so I have a pretty good idea. I don't know if it's changed or not, but yeah, I am ready to get back in the, behind the wheel. I think that'll be that'll be nice. It will give me a pretty good break. It'll let me actually like focus on doing productive things for a little bit so uh, i am excited hopefully we find some good stuff um at that test i know we got a lot of things to try and, and hopefully we can improve uh you know that package a little bit yeah i mean i think if you just have some good notes from it you know if you can take a, a handful of things you know that hey i think this helped you know let's let's continue down this path i think you're just looking for a way to what path can we continue to go down to try to help it out? Um, so hopefully uh, we can find some of those things, and I think that will make it fairly successful. What's it like been like being the champion in this time from Phoenix to here? Yeah, it's been, um, you know, the week immediately after was was uh, pretty fast-paced. Um, the week of Thanksgiving was kind of nice, being home and not doing much. I think it kind of sank in, and then you're, you know, you're with your family for Thanksgiving, so that's kind of nice to relive it. And then you, you come here, you know, and then it's, uh, it's brought back up again. You're like, oh, okay, you get to see all your guys in one setting. The parade yesterday was fun. All my guys had a blast on, on Broadway. And um, it just gets – you get re-reminded of it, you know. And uh, So it's it's been fun. I've been trying to take it all in, trying to slow everything down. Um, that's why I keep telling people on my – ever since – even at Phoenix, I was like, we got to slow this stuff down, you know, just try to enjoy it and remember it and embrace it. So we'll uh, try to keep doing that. But it's been, it's been a blast and looking forward to – you know, the rest of the off season and, and what's to come. Has it changed your life? How or how has it changed your life? I don't know. I mean I internally, personally I think it gives you more confidence, right? And hey, I'm you know, you're a champion and you succeeded and, and you did well in your job and your sport and uh but like outside of that, like it doesn't change, right? Like you're still who you are and you're still a person, but I think internally it just it gives you a a, a good feeling of like solidifying or like all right we did the ultimate accomplishment goal makes you feel good uh but other than that like your life really doesn't change that much at least mine does i try not to change anything too much so i talked to tommy baldwin on yeah. the air last night and he's doing better which is really yeah, cool yeah. but he talked about you know how tough he is throwing you in the car when you were a kid he literally yeah. said three times we, we said let's throw it in the car <laughs> and then after you tackled it he was like telling your dad Bye. <laughs> got this guy, and yeah. he's really bragging about you. What was that like when they yeah. threw you in the car? Yeah, you know, Tommy's great. I I uh, I talk about him tonight in a little bit in my speech, and um, you know, it's it's good to know he's doing better. Um, mm -hmm. I saw him at Richmond earlier this year, and um, you know, he gave me great opportunities. You know, 2012, Dad was running Cup cars for them, and um, we had a handful of Xfinity races that year, which opened up a lot of doors for me. So I owe him a lot. I mean, he's a huge part of getting me going, and giving me opportunities and um you know yeah so i'm excited to talk about tommy i'm excited it was nice to talk to him after phoenix too and um but yeah i owe him a, a ton and he's done so much for the sport and, and me and my family so uh 
he's definitely worthy of a lot of praise, and he deserves it. Do you know, too, that there are so many people, I had a lot of them on the air last night, who are, were so proud when you won the championship, guys like Eddie Wood and Tommy Baldwin and Trent Owens, and yeah. you know that they were part of your life. And at Phoenix, they were beaming with pride, but you, you know, it was years ago you were with yeah. them. Yeah, you know, there's so many people that are involved in it, and that's like kind of what rolls to your head. It's like you can't. I wish I could mention everyone tonight, but you can't. Like, I'd be talking for 20 minutes tonight if, if, if that was the case. But um, there's so many people that are involved, and I think that's where, like, my emotion came from immediately after the race was you think about all those people that gave you a shot as a kid, right, 20 years of, of people meeting people, giving you chances, working with them, a lot of great men and women that I've, you know, been able to work with through the years and met and gave me chances, and, and like, all those people roll, you know, roll through your mind. And uh, it's great. I mean, it's it's hard to believe, and um, you know, a lot of people deserve a ton of credit for for all the chances over the last 20 years, and um, that definitely makes it special. You rethink about all those people, and it's nice to talk to those people like after Phoenix. Like you kind of reach out uh, someone you haven't talked to in a long time. Bill and Gail Davis reached out, which was great. You know, they did a lot for my dad, and um, yeah, Trent. It was fun. We worked with him on the K&N side a little bit, and. Uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of a lot of neat people that uh, have reached out, and it's been really special for me personally. In that respect, uh, Roger described your path to the championship as a long journey, and pointed particularly to the benchmark in 2017, the race at Pocono with the Wood Brothers. What did that do for you and your career and your confidence? Yeah, I think you know you get your first win in the series, right? It just internally gives you confidence, and, and hey, I think I can. I can win at this level, right? I can be here, and, um, you know, I, I think uh, that was fantastic. You know, whenever you get your first one, it kind of yeah, – but then you still have to prove yourself, right? Like, you can't just be one and done. You've got to continue to try to do better and, and continue to grow as a driver and as a person. And um, But, yeah, I think winning for the Wood Brothers there was great. I, I can't wait to talk about Eddie and Len uh, tonight and, and Leonard and, and Glenn. And, um, so that was, uh, that was a really special one, and, and it opened up a lot of doors. Yeah, it's um, you know, that graphic's pretty amazing when you go back and like if you really look at it, the past six years of that, what he's succeeded in, and all the different motorsports around the the world, really. I mean, from the V8 stuff in Australia to Indy and NASCAR and IMSA, it's uh, it's it's pretty spectacular and. Um, to be a small part of all that success is uh, is great. I felt the same way when in my race for the Wood Brothers. You know, those guys had 98 other wins, but it's just it means a lot that you're a small part of you know the journey and the success. So um, to deliver, I, I was telling people all year, especially after we won, like we did two firsts for Roger this year, which was win the Indian 600, which is fantastic, and then back-to-back Cup championships. You don't get to do that often, like do something for Roger that he hasn't done before and uh, to be able to bring that to him is, is definitely very special and to have him here uh, celebrate him with this weekend is uh, makes it even better. He said when your dad first came to see him um, he wanted to know if you were if you were a champion, if you had what it took to be a champion. I mean, you're a young kid. How did you convince him that you were, yeah. you were a future champion? You got to talk to my dad about that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know well, what. Well, he wanted to know. If he, wants, he wanted to see something in you yeah. as well. Yeah, I, you know, I remember going in the bus and talking to, to Roger there in 2012 with my dad, and I was 19, you know, and looking for an opportunity and um, was really – and I, honestly, I I don't know many people know this. I, I visited a lot of different teams back in 2012. You know, I went to 
Junior and Gibbs and and stuff like that, trying to find somewhere to have a shot at a job. And um, you know, got lucky at the time from, from the Penske side, from Brad's side, and Brad was a huge part of it as well, getting me in there. And yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, Roger had a lot of respect for my dad, and and um, you know, I think he liked what he saw in the short little brief period. And I think Brad put a lot of good words in his ear too, and just a lot of a lot of people, you know. Fortunately, speaking fairly good about me, um, not that I deserved it, especially back then, you know, just getting going and, um, yeah, gave me, gave me opportunities. So yeah, however they convinced him to give me a shot is, uh, it's pretty spectacular. And not only giving me a shot in 2012, but like sticking with me for 10 years is, uh, just says a lot about his character and, and his trust in people. And there's a reason why there's a ton of people at Penske who've been there for over 10 years, over 20 years. Like he puts his faith in people and, and just lets them grow. And, um, that's just kind of amazing person he is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really expect to be treated any different, right? I mean, I don't, I'm still the same person and, you know, we just accomplished something, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's how everyone else wants to approach it, right? Okay. You know, I can't, I can't change how everyone else feels, but I think internally for you, you hold your head high and, you know, you, you have a lot of confidence going into Daytona and, and all our group, right? I mean, they, all our, my guys deserve to hold their heads high too, going into LA and Daytona, knowing what they've done the previous years. So, but then you got to do it again. I mean, it's a new year. Once the once it turns 2024, it's 23's forgotten about. So you gotta, you can't really focus too much on hey what we did last year because living in the past is no 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 good. So uh, you gotta turn your turn your focus on 24. Can you also try to put in perspective this point a year ago? You finished second at Phoenix. You were really upset because you felt you could win that race. And Roger will say instead you were a wingman to Joey. Then you have to come here and see Joey celebrate. And now you return and you're the guy. What, what, can you just describe what what is that like? Thinking about where you were here a year ago. Yeah, it makes up for it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, it uh, it ate at me pretty good last year of uh, you know where we ended the year, um, and it was no one's fault besides mine, you know. And uh, you know that's that stung, and and we you know it, it ate at us a lot, and um, me especially. And you know, you try to just get better and, and try to be in the spot, you know, the the following year. So I think what we learned in twenty three kind of that hunger and, and how, you know, 23 ended for us really, or 22 ended for us really fueled us for this, for this year. And Jonathan and I worked really hard on it. So, um, it's nice when those things come full circle and, um, yeah, it's, it's nice that we accomplished it the following year after we thought we had a good shot at it the previous year, right? Like you give one away and then you're like, you know, it's, it's nice and rewarding when you work your way back and, and then accomplish it, which was, uh, it's probably the whole effort by, by everybody. It's not just me. It's, it's, it's everybody. Yeah, I think I think you have to, you know, do both. You know, you have to be impactful in the garage, whether it's you know being a big voice in the drivers' council um, with NASCAR on on this stuff. I think you you have a a right to be very vocal in it. Um, I'm not a very vocal person in those meetings anyway. I probably should start being that way, but um, but I think the weight track stuff. I think you have a big obligation as well. And you know, we just they just announced that TV deal going forward in the future, and I think those are huge opportunities. Uh, to push their drivers and champions and, and stuff like that. So I've been harping, you know, like what we got, what we what are we doing? Let's let's you know get get ripping here on on opportunities we can do to grow the sport. And I think 
what they announced yesterday is a is a huge opportunity as well to kind of feed into that that year in 25 here and um so yeah i, I think uh it's gonna be some some good opportunities and i'm I'm pushing to to do everything that we can but that's kind of been your mindset always because i think even early with you you and bubba and, and others would kind of you know when, when other guys the veterans weren't doing it you guys were like let me do it i guess that's, that's part of that sense of the yeah yeah you know i just um Listen, I want the sport to be healthy. You know, I mean, I'm part of the sport, uh, and I want it to. I want the sport, and it's, you know, it's reach, it's product on track, um, the outlook of it from the fan perspective, internal perspective from the media. I want the sport to do well, and uh, because I want to be a part of the sport for a long time, and you know, you don't want to be a part of a sport that's in a rut, right? And and I think we've they've done a great job of getting to where we need to be. I think it's positive for the future. So I, my mindset on that stuff is like. Hey, I'm growing myself. I'm growing the sport. This is like a win-win for everybody. Like, why, why not do this stuff? You know, if, if it's available for you to do it, and it's not taking you away from your your duty, your job on the track, like, do all the stuff you can. Grow the sport, you know, because you want to want it to be healthy, and and you want to leave it better than when you came into it, you know. And and that's all working towards the future. And that's just kind of how I've always been. And one of the things that people talk about the sport is, is pers- driver personality. Now, obviously. You guys all have your own personalities, and in, in some cases you're able to express them. In other cases, maybe not as much because sponsorship certainly is a factor as compared to other sports. In terms of personality, you're more of a low-key guy, and you can certainly have fun and do some things. But what do you have to do that's kind of natural but maybe even be a little bit more over the top in a sense to because of in this role now? There's the opportunity to kind of reach out or to increase even more to your generation and probably respond to that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm a little bit older than some of the generation that they're targeting right now, but um, I still feel like I'm fairly young and hip and I can, you know, get the lingo down. But, um, yeah, you know, I've always been a fairly reserved person, but I feel like, you know, some of those opportunities you kind of open up and it's almost like you can, uh, I don't don't want to say you're not yourself, but you're like almost a little bit more open when you, at least I've been when I do those things, right? And you're excited to do that stuff and, you're excited to reach new audiences, right? Because that's that's you know good for you. It's good for the sport, and it's it's neat to reach new people who have no idea what you do, you know. And, and I I enjoy meeting people that that way too. So um, yeah, I think uh, we have good opportunities. I don't know how much we can talk about it, but like we have some things lined up. I think are are awesome for not only for all kind of audience viewers and ages and stuff like that. So hopefully hopefully it all comes uh, comes out well. I remember the first time that uh, I saw your personality. I was at Penske. And um, Joy Logano and Brad Kozlowski were on a table. We were doing a live interview. You walked out the door. You were just young. And then you came back in the door and you moonwalked out. And you brought them down to the ground laughing. And that side of your personality I had never seen, but they got a kick out of it. You probably don't remember it, but I never forgot it. I don't remember that. Yeah. I haven't moonwalked in a while, but I wonder what year that was. But, can you still uh, do the moonwalk? No. No. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. I haven't done it, I guess, since I, <laughs> I did it there, but... No, yeah, it comes out every now and then. It's just certain certain moments. So, obviously, on the restart. I'm going to see uh, Blaney, so, uh, not your Blaney, Bubba's social media post the night of the championship. Uh, when he I think they sent it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that surprise you? I mean, it's his, he finished the best season of his career. His best friend just won the championship, and he just was so hard on himself. Yeah, you know, that's just kind of how Bubba's, Bubba is. You know, he's very hard on himself, and, um, you know, it was it was fun to celebrate with him. We, You know, he had a great time. I think he he does, he does is just super hard on himself, you know, and that's just how he is. And, um, you know, you try to 
pick him up, right? Like, dude, you did a great job. I remember I told him the other night, I was like, man, you did great, 10th and points, you know, you had a great year, you know, made a good run in the playoffs. I was like, yeah, you didn't win, but, I mean, you had a great year. But, you know, he just gets down on himself. But, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, it's nothing to read into much about. Denny, Denny said that it's, it, it can be hard when you see your friends having success. I mean, can you, can you see that, that, you know, it's hard for him to see you celebrating? Um, I think it's um I think it's partial like seeing a friend do it and it's other part of like seeing a, another young guy around your age win like like when Chase won the championship in 2020 you know he and I are really great friends I was super happy for him but like you are kind of jealous you're like man I want to be that guy you know I want to be in that spot and uh same with like Larson in 21 like it's it's like Larson and I aren't as good of friends as you know me and Bubba and Chase but like He's a younger guy in kind of my age range. You want to be there, right? You, you always kind of compare yourself to your age range, I feel like. And um, I think that's that's part of it. Like, you get jealous of the guys in your group that have success. And I'm, I'm the same way. I think everyone is internally, whether they express it or not. Who's been the coolest uh, person to reach out to you and give you congratulations? Um, I think personally to me, um, I don't know if you guys know who Doug Wolfgang is. Great sprint car racer. Yeah, Doug. So Doug texts me every now and then. Um, through the year, he'll always congratulate me. So he called me Monday night after Phoenix, and that was that was super cool to talk to him because he was uh, my dad's like a huge fan of his, right? My dad respected Doug so much and um, was always very envious of like his success, right? Like he was so good, and um, you know, so he called me Monday, which is super super cool. I'll tell the story. He uh, he was like, so I have a dilemma. I have this debate internally with myself. I was like, well, what's that? He's like, well, I raced with your grandpa, and I was jealous of him, so I tried to mirror my my driving style off of him and then your damn dad came along and he was even better and i tried to mirror myself off of your dad and now i'm not even racing and i'm watching you and now i'm like thinking back that i need to mirror myself off of you so i have this blaney curse that i just <laughs> love watching him but that that meant a lot to me because i i love doug wolfgang and and uh my dad respected him so much and um so that was probably the coolest one personally for me to to get a call Um, I think uh, it took it took probably like over a week, really. I think because we're the first week you're on go, super hard, and it's not really any time to relax. But like the weekend before Thanksgiving was kind of the one I was at the house and you're just kind of chilling out, and and you can have some of your hometown friends over and you can kind of reminisce about it. And then you start. I started watching stuff from that weekend again. Like I didn't watch anything from the weekend for like a week. Then you're kind of reliving it. You're like, oh, okay, that's how that kind of unfolded and, and happened. So yeah, it took a little while. Cool. Staying home. Staying home, and I host Christmas for my family, so uh, we're excited to have them. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right, Ryan Blaney, there, folks. Uh, congratulations to Ryan. Uh, great win at Talladega, and then his uh, championship. <laughs> what an awesome win at Martinsville. Uh, pushed his team to the uh, championship, guys. It's all about timing. It's all about timing. So uh, we've got – I've got another show. We're going to probably have uh, Thursday night. Finish this up. Congratulations to Ty Majeski and the uh, – Snowball Derby. Plans was to go there. Saturday's rain. 
uh, four days in Nashville chasing chasing these uh, guys around town beat me down, y'all. I'm telling you, a lot of walking went on. What my motel was uh, walking distance of everything, so it kind of kept me shuffling around all day. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, share it with some of your friends. Go check out some of my content from this year. I'm trying to get down to closing it all out for 2023 season. Hey, we're getting ready for the Rolex 24 hours. Third week in January. It's going to kick off the 2024 season now. Then we're going to hit it up on down, uh, hang around for a while and Go back over to Daytona for the Daytona 500 Speedway 2024. Hey, you better get your tickets for 24 hours and Daytona 500. Stop by and see Red 38 miles. We're on this game. Scott. On the grill. Alright y'all, keep that life down and go sign bright this year, y'all. Appreciate it. See y'all later.